0: It's a great
1: Sunday to to visit because we're going to celebrate who God is and what he's done through the life and ministry of the church, although I will say if you're visiting today, then you won't necessarily get a clean snapshot of what our Sunday morning is typically like, but it'll still uh, be a lot of fun, and so we're glad that you're here today. Um, Everyone should know by now, Uh, Malia said it in the announcement video, we've been talking about it forever, and last week we had the vote on on our merger with Revolution Church, Uh, the vote past, um, here and there, Um, and so we are excited that we are going to be merging with Revolution Church. Uh, So Blessed Hope and Revolution will be coming together to form Blessed Hope Community Church, Um, and it's a new thing. And I'm so excited about this first sermon series that Pastor David and I are going to lead you through, because what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at the DNA of the church the who and the what and the why of the church that God has put together here in this place, and it's going to be awesome, and, and, and um, it's going to be instructive for you as we move forward. Um, but here's the thing about that. So I'm really excited about digging into the DNA of Blessed Hope Community Church with you, but here's the deal. If there's one thing that Blessed Hope understands well, it's what the church is to be about. Because it's been part of your DNA from the beginning. I've been here five years. This church has been in existence for just under 15. And something that that those that have been a part of this church from the beginning, and anytime you've jumped in along the way, what we know is that this church has always been about um, at its core, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so what we get to do today is we get to celebrate everything that's God's done leading us to this point, and also we get to celebrate the adventure that he's going to continue to take us on. And so it's in that vein that we do things a little different today, and so we start um, with just a time of testimony and prayer. And so I want to give you a little rundown of what that's going to look like and invite you to participate as you feel led, Um, certainly participate um, in spirit as you sit there, but but if you have something to share, then this is a good time to do that as well. Uh, The elders are going to come up, um, and they're going to share uh, from their perspective um, a testimony about a way God has been good and faithful through the journey of Blessed Hope Church. They're going to share a testimony, um, and then when they're done sharing a testimony, they're going to invite anybody in the congregation, whether you were here then or whether you started three weeks ago, it doesn't matter, to come up, and and if you feel led to share a testimony um, in that same vein, then you are invited to do so. Uh, And then when the testimonies have kind of reached a lull in that moment, the elder will will close us in prayer, and I'll ask you to be in prayer, um, thanking God for what he's done in that area, and then the next elder will come, and then eventually you'll see me again as we get ready to take communion, all right? So I think we start with Kevin, so Kevin, come on up. Uh, And also, when it's time for testimony, you come up and use the microphone, or we have um, a traveling microphone um, that we could bring you.
2: Good, so, wow, there we go. Um, So I get to talk about uh, the goodness of God in establishing our church at the very beginning. And so if you can imagine with me for a second, um, it all started actually not 15, almost 15 years ago, but actually almost 14, because it started on April 10th in 2005. There were... um, Mark Johnson's not here this morning. He's ill, but he would, he would, um, he would um, not say the same thing. His numbers get get bigger as time goes on. We started with about 30, probably about 30 people. Um, there were a group of us that um, we had left the church from the church split, and we felt, felt kind of lost. Um, we felt hurt. We didn't know for sure where we were going what we were going to do. Um, And so somebody said, hey, let's get together and let's pray um, and let's read God's word and let's sing some songs and let's just fellowship together. So that's what we did. We got together um, on a Sunday morning out at Rogers Park under the shelter house, and that's what we did. And when we got all finished, we had no intentions of doing anything else but that. When we got done, somebody said, so where are we meeting next week? And so that's how it it started. We just started meeting. And, um, of course, being in April, it's a little bit chilly. Um, So we decided to go from there. We needed to find a more permanent place. So we went to um, started looking around, and we started meeting at Tilford Elementary. And so as um, my father taught me, as he would speak to people, he always had props. So for those of you who happen to be... At Tilford Elementary, you probably know what this prop is about. We were called the Church of Tubbs. The reason we were called the Church of Tubs is because we didn't have a permanent place to put anything. So we would put everything in a tub from our music to our Bibles to anything that we needed for worship. And that's how we started out at, Blessed, or at, at Tilford. Um, One of the things, one of the scriptures, as I was thinking about this, that reminds me of that is in uh, is Romans, and we had to stand over here. We had to um, put into action these words in Romans chapter twelve, verse four. It says, "Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we are many from one body, and each member belongs to all the others." We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. It's a man's gift. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give gener- generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. See, so we didn't have a pastor when we were at Tilford, and so what we would do is we would have people that would volunteer if they felt like teaching was their gift. Then they would give. They would preach on Sunday morning. We had people who would um, who got together a CD player. We didn't have a praise team, and so we sang songs. Um, to CDs, so they they planned out the music. Um, we had teachers who were teaching Sunday school, adult Sunday school and also the children. Um, we had people who were busy toting tubs and bringing things in and out and storing them during the week. We had people who were organizing the Sunday morning. I thought it was interesting as I walked in this morning, I was thinking about I was, there was a little bit of, a, of chaos with the praise team because um, one of the people on the praise team was sick. And so they had to kind of improvise and work it out. And And um, it reminded me of what we were doing back in 2005. So as we were meeting at Tilford, we began um, also to be, we met down at the uh, U.S. Bank Community Building. There were a group of us that were meeting there, reading scripture and beginning to put together um, some core values. What was it we believed? What was important? What wasn't important? Um, what did Scripture say about it? What did God want us, how did he want us to establish a church? Because we felt that like God was leading us in that direction. So we spent a lot of time doing that. So as we met at Tilford, then we felt like we needed, like God was saying, you know, you need a little more permanent home than, than Tilford. So we started looking around and we landed at the cottage at the Braille School. And um, at the Braille School, there were many, many more gifts were, were um, used by people. We had people that were painting, cleaning. Um, the place hadn't been occupied for several years, so we needed to get, to get a worship center um, set up. And so people were stepping forward. Um, and as we met at the college, cottage, there were things like the MOPS program was started, Um, Ministry teams were being formed, and so um, it was a good time for people to um, use their talents. So then after a couple of years at the cottage, we found ourselves overcrowded because people kept coming. God kept blessing us, so we needed a larger building. So we researched uh, available buildings that were in the community. We were looking at possibly maybe we could buy something instead of building, and it just seemed like God kept drawing us to you need to build something. And so he provided the land. We had looked at land that was very expensive, but God provided this land at a more reasonable cost. And so um, once again, we followed the Lord. and in 2008 we broke ground. I think it was 2008. I'm not sure if it was 2008 or nine. But anyway, we broke ground. The building was built. And once again, there was a need for people to stand up here. Um, we had hired the building to be finished on the main level, but the lower level was going to be finished off by people in the church. Um, I thought it was interesting. I was looking. Actually, I had a Bible that, that I had used way back then, and I hadn't opened it for a long time. I do open a Bible, but it's, it's not that particular one. <laughs> And when I was looking through it the other day, I found this, and I thought it was interesting. It says, it was voted 42 to... This is in April of 2008. It was voted 42 to 4 Wednesday night to proceed with a loan up to $600,000 to build a church designed by John Winkle of Winkle Design Forum. It is anticipated that it will take 10 months from the start date to final completion. The main floor sanctuary will be finished, but the basement of the Fellowship Hall and Classrooms will be finished at a later date by the church congregation as they feel led to donate their time and talents. If you have any questions, please talk to Dave Mulder or Rick Hadley. As as I've thought about the process that we've gone through, it's also reminded me of the Israelites as they came out of... um, slavery and um, they were wandering in the wilderness as they wandered um, they had to follow God in an Exodus chapter 40 verse 38 they moved from place to place and as they moved they moved their tent of meeting which was like their, their place of worship um, like the tabernacle and in, verse, in Exodus 40 verse 36 it says in all the travels of the Israelites Whenever the cloud lifted from the tabernacle they would set out. But if the cloud did not lift, they did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day, and fire was in the cloud by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel during their travels. As I look back and see what we've where we've come from, it seemed like every time that God asked us to move then we moved. We would move to the next place whether it was from Rogers Park to Tilford, from Tilford to the cottage, from the cottage to building a church. God was always with us and if he told us to move, then we moved and if he didn't, we stayed where we were. God was leading us to move and when we began at Rogers Park, he directed, like I say, he directed us to Tilford. We remained there until he directed us to the cottage. From there to here, We just voted last week for a merger. I I would venture to say that anybody that was at Rogers Park that first Sunday would never have dreamt that we would be sitting here today. That was not our intention, but that was God's plan, and all we needed to do was to follow it. The exciting part is to see how God's moved, to see what he's done, how he's brought people along and there's a lot of work to be done yet and there's a lot of things that we don't know but if we put our trust and hope in God he will direct us and we'll continue on doing his work so I'd like to open it up this time if there's somebody that would like to share a memory or a testimony um, of what yeah, Carol's got one Do you, you want a mic back there okay
3: I just want to elaborate a little bit more on what um, Kevin has already said, but I want to go back to the very beginning out at Rogers Park. Um, I just want to thank God for laying it on that many people's heart to, you know, realize that we maybe need to make a change. And so um, I just give God, first of all, the credit, and then I, th- I just want to thank the leaders uh, of that group. Um, there were lots of meetings and so forth that went on. And um, um, I just thank you, Lord, that um, they were really Bible-believing people, people that wanted to edify the Lord. And um, uh, a lot of those leaders turned out to, I shouldn't say a lot maybe, but several of those leaders turned out to be our elders that we have now, and some have retired. <laughs> but I, I just can't thank God enough for those two things. And, and God has blessed us wonderfully. And so I appreciate that. <laughs> I'll
4: just add to that a little bit. Um, I did not get in on the Rogers Park sessions because Mike was in the hospital the first couple of weeks um, that that group met. Um, But we were involved um, immediately after that and um, have been from then on. Um, I too, just as I reflect back, God's provision has just been awesome for us. Um, And sometimes we don't see it as we're moving through it. It takes that hindsight to help us understand why things happened the way they did. And I just hope we go forward with that same attitude. We may not understand why we've been called to this merger, um, but I have no doubt in my mind that it's a part of God's plan for this church because of his pattern of leading and our faithfulness. Um, One other just little thing. um, Anybody who knew Mike knew that he was a math person um, and a money person. And um, when when we got involved with making plans for the money that it would take and how big this loan was, you just heard it was 42 people. That doesn't mean 42 families. That means 42 people that took on a $600,000 loan. And that was after these same people had raised enough money and pledged enough money um, to buy the land and to have that initial financial chunk that was needed before we even got the loan. Now when you think about that, that's pretty awesome. And then on top of that, I mean, what a risk. On top of that, we paid it off in a record short amount of time. I mean, I've been involved in a lot of churches over my life, and most of them were in debt. Most of the time, I was involved with them in one way or another. God has been so faithful in providing the resources that we needed to carry out his plan. I'm just so privileged to be a part of that.
2: Anyone else? Sherry.
5: Many of you know me as a high school teacher. I'm Sherry Trafford, and I've been here only a couple of years, but I love it here. I do. I've been involved in quite a few churches myself, and being a high school teacher, I love teaching. I did. And I loved what I did at the high school. I did it for 24 years, and I loved it. Then after I retired from teaching, the majority of you know that I had a medical issue, and I had required a brain surgery. And then unfortunately, three weeks later, I had to have a second surgery due to staph infection. But God was with me the whole time. I know he was. And then 10 weeks of two very strong antibiotics later, you know, I decided, you know, I could, be in self-pity party, or I could add a little humor to it, so I decided to add a little humor to it. I called my younger brother and my younger sister, and I told them, you know, I've been able to confirm what you've known all along, that your sister does have a hole in her head. And they loved it. They loved it. But, you know, that's it. I could have stayed in a pity party. I could have. But I relied on a lot of the three Fs. You know, in school, Fs were a bad thing. But no. For me, the three Fs were faith, family, and friends. And that's what I relied on a lot. And here was the main family person right here. He took wonderful care of me during those horrific times. And even to this day, he still does take wonderful care of me. And I know that our Heavenly Father takes very good care of us as well. So thank you so much.
2: Okay, let's, uh, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. God, as we think back, um, not all of us were here 14 years ago, but yet we're all a part of your church. We're all a part of Blessed Hope. And Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to minister in your name. God, you are so good to us when we first started, and as we continue to follow you, and you're still good today, Lord, so we um, we just praise you and we thank you for for all of you you've done and we look forward to um, look forward to what you have for us in the future. We just uh praise you and thank you in Jesus name, amen.
6: and I'll use the tubs too. Um, What I get to talk about, um, to share on is um, God allowing us, God helping us to be effective in the ministry of caring for people that are hurting. Um, When this church came into fruition it started with a group of people that came from a church split we were hurting and as we grew that became our initial perception in in the public you know besides one why are we building another church but two a place for people who have been hurt at other churches or by um, by a brothers or sisters that may or may not have been believers that had hurt them and it was a place blessed hope was a place to come for healing you know that for quite a while that's what we that was our foundation it was you know people who have been hurt whichever way doesn't matter and um man boy did we have diversity Uh, you know every walk every christian walk every faith Came through, but it was people that were hurt, and we wanted to be different. You know, a, you know, when we started church, we wanted to be a different church—a church would play. You know, where people could come and be healed. That was our initial manta, I don't know if that's the right word or not, but that's kind of what we strive for because that's what we were looking for: was to be healed. You know, to heal our hearts because we had been hurt, um, and I think part of that, you know, when we were building this God's church for us, you know, was to build a strong foundation. You know, when you're called to build a church, when we were sitting around the table at Carolyn's house with Mike trying to figure out what to do with the church, you know, one of the things that I worried about is did I want to start a church that would not make it? I laid awake a lot of nights on that. You know, it was like, oh, you know, I did not want that hanging over my head, you know, but we, the healing part of it, I think was what started the foundation for this church, you know, that it to be built strong on people who have been hurting, who, um, came to know Christ better, to grow strong, to go strong in their faith that Jesus and God are the answer. You know, God is always there. God is always with us. He will never leave us. There's all kinds of stuff. We've preached about that. You know, there's all kinds, you know, in the scriptures, you know, God is always there. You know, we can walk away from God, stray away from God, but God is always there. Um, so that was our thing. It was um, ministering to the hurting and to provide a source of healing. Um, now, as we're, I look out over, gone from, 40 people to 160, 180 members, you know, ministering to the herding is more challenging because we don't know everybody intimately. You know, it's like when there's 40 people, I knew everybody. You know, and now it's more challenging. You know, it's, it's a bigger challenge. But this challenge can be addressed by all of us. You know, yes, it starts with the leadership and it goes on down, and we're you know we're working to, to get better at that. You know that's always something we need to do. We need to take care of the hurting, but that I, I want that to be a challenge for everybody. You know anybody can sit and talk with a brother or sister or just listen um, to what they're saying, what they're going through. As Blake said, to pray for them, to support them, to hold them up. You know to even hold them accountable. You know, but you know we. We you know we have the leadership. We have small groups. You know, you know the elders individually. You know we got teams, compassion teams. You know, but you know this needs to continue to grow and be a part of our DNA that um, that we reach out to the hurting and help the hurting heal. Um, and like I said, that's a responsibility, I think, for everybody. Everybody has the opportunity, and that's one of my prayers, that if God presents that opportunity, that we do that. You know, and I couldn't imagine, you know, um, a couple of examples or thoughts that go through my mind. Both my boys are military. Um, one's Marine, one's Army. And um, they both have a bracelet that they wear, and um, and what it is is, you know, when people leave the war, the war doesn't always leave the people. You know, and these people, these kids, these young men were hurting, but they had no recourse. You know, in their mind, they had no recourse. You know, I, I can't say if they had faith, they didn't have faith. That's neither hither nor yon, but they were hurting. And in their heart and in their head, they had no recourse, so they ended their own lives themselves, you know, and that makes me feel bad, you know, that that's part of our call If somebody's hurting, you know, these, you know, and it's just not veterans, you know, that that's a special group, but, you know, we've dealt with the same issue in this church in the past with kids, too, you know, with young adults, you know, it's like we need to reach out to the hurting, you know, and be attentive and keep our ears tuned to the hurting so that You know, if God presents us the opportunity that we can reach out to them and help them. Um, Another one that weighs very heavy on my heart is I had a guy I worked with uh, quite a long time ago. He actually grew up where I grew up, up in northwest Iowa. And he grew up in a Lutheran church, very Lutheran. I know his mom and dad now. But uh, he moved down here, and um, I worked with him for... 15 years, we got to be good friends, we actually had a gun business between the two of us, but he had walked away from God, and I tried, he'd come up to our house up here, and stuff, you know, and I tried, you know, talking to him, reaching to him, but he got cancer in Cedar Rapids, you know, he was at the hospital at Mercy in Cedar Rapids, and he was dying, he had um, esophageal cancer that went to his stomach, you know, and... I reach out to him, Dale, what can I do? You know, what can I do? Can I pray with you? You know, and, you know, can I bring a minister? Can I bring my minister? Can I call a priest? You know, it doesn't matter. And um, he died from the cancer, you know, and, and I don't know where he's at. That's not mine to die. But when I went to his funeral, it was just at the, at the chapel at a cemetery there, and I felt so bad. You know, it was just like, you know, and I, one of the things that in my mind that I go through when I stand in front of God in the end times, when uh, God replays my replaced my life for me, did I do enough? You know, did I do enough to reach out and to try and bring the word to Him? I don't know, you know. But it's like, did I do enough? You know, that's another. You know, if, you know, it's something you know to reach out to the hurting, you know, to help the hurting. Um, Disney you know, kind of the good news, bad news things you know and the, the good side of it is it's reaching out you know it 's helping the hurting stand beside power of prayer is you know a year and a half you know a year and five months ago my wife had got breast cancer you know and we went through that, and there was a core group of people that helped me get through that you know it 's like i couldn 't imagine them doing it by myself, you know but the power and the support of Fellow brothers and sisters in Christ is what helped me get through that, you know. And now, you know, she's still cancer free. It. We go in to get check, her checkups and stuff. But she's cancer, you know. She's cancer free now, you know. And that's through the power of God. But you know, to help me get through it and her to get through it, it was the support of this church family. And um, I've got one other one that's this is real recent. Um, Dick Davis back there. He's sitting back there he came and talked to us just before church started he had a surgery on Monday right he had a surgery on Monday and then for he has been battling cancer and he was praying and we've been praying as a family praying for him that the cancer go away well Wednesday this past Wednesday he got to report no cancer you know God is great God is good God answers prayer may not be the answer that we want to get but you know the support of the church family is what makes everything easier when we're struggling and we're hurting. So, you know, um, like I said, you know, I think that's responsibility for everybody. And I think as Blessed Hope Community Church goes forward, you know, I think, I, I believe that that is part of our, you know, DNA that we take care and um, minister to the, to the hurting. Um, does anybody, would anybody like uh, an opportunity to, to share how blessed hope has been part of their life in hurting? This is a tough one. This is not always easy to share, you know, but does anybody have um, willing to share a testimony? Okay. Um, I've got two scriptures I would like, and and before I say that, you know, like when we talk about, you know, I mentioned it before, and I just want to read it. If somebody's hurting, please say something. Don't wait for somebody to come find you. Please say something. You know, in a big family, you know, I can't read, we can't read everybody's minds. You know, if there's something going on and you want somebody to come pray, or talk to whatever, please reach out, whether it's to your small groups, or to a team leader, to an elder, to Pastor Matt, to, to Carrie, you know, just re- please reach out. You know, like, we can't keep track of everything, you know, anymore, but please reach out. So, uh, one of the scriptures I wanna, I'd like to read for encouragement is Psalm 62, verses five through eight. Psalms are full of encouragement. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. Another one that I'd like to read in the New Testament is 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Praise be to God. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. So God is our source of comfort through Jesus Christ. He pours it out onto us, and to us he gives us opportunities to pour it out unto others. Let's have a word of prayer together as a family. Some days feel hard. We are hurting, struggling, fighting fear, and worry at every turn. Thank you that in the midst of it all, you have not left us to fend for ourselves. Forgive us for doubting that you are there. Forgive us for thinking that you have forgotten. Forgive us for believing we somehow know the better way. You are fully trustworthy. You are all-powerful. You are able. You are Lord over every situation, no matter how difficult it may seem. You are the healer and will never waste the grief that we carry today. You will use all things for good in some way. Anything is possible with you. Nothing is too difficult for you we pray today for those who are hurting we pray for your comfort to surround those who are hurting we pray for the peace of your presence to cover our minds and thoughts we are kept safe in your presence from whatever from wherever in life or death we pray today that we all have a heart to reach out to those who are hurting. We pray that through you we would have words and presence to show your love and compassion to those who are hurting. We pray that as Blessed Hope Community Church that we grow and grow and grow wiser and better at ministering to the hurting and to grow them as part of our lives, as part of the life of Blessed Hope Church and Community Church and that we can bring them closer to you that they can un- feel the, the compassion and love that you have. We lift up those who are hurting, who are not able to be here today. We pray that uh, the love, a love of God that is beyond understanding envelops them. We pray that uh, we watch for opportunities to be a source of comfort for those who are hurting and be example of the love that Jesus has for us. All these things we pray in his name. Amen. Morning.
7: Morning. I'm Mark Johnson. (laughs) You know, I thought when I stopped being an active elder, I could be able to avoid him getting me into trouble every once in a while. So he gets sick today, sick, sick today, so you get me instead, and you're losing out. Um, Mark's topic was the blessing of how God is allowing us to be a part in other people's lives. And um, Kevin called me the other day and asked me to speak without asking me to, asking me to speak. So I had a little bit of time to put something together but since we started 14 years ago I'm going to go back probably 16 or 17 years ago and there was a Carolyn Hibbs and I and Jim Blair were at a presbytery meeting and we were so enthrilled with the meeting that we left in the middle to go eat at the McDonald's <laughs> it was very frustrating to hear what was going on and we uh we had this funny thought, what would it be like to start a church? (laughs) And a few years later, I look back and uh, thinking of how we started the church, and it's it's really kind of humorous. What did this group of people know about starting a church? Nothing. I think we knew more about what we didn't want to happen than what we wanted it to happen. So we learned uh, through bad experiences the importance of um, relying completely on God's word and following God and not changing course, even though at times the decisions we made were not very popular. You know, we talk about all the steps of we've gone here and there, And we kind of glossed over that I think at every step we made, somebody was unhappy. Some were unhappy enough to leave. Some were unhappy and they thought, okay, we'll ride this out, and they stayed. But it hasn't been quite as smooth as we laid this out. I mean, we lost good friends because, you know, there were some things in the Bible that were not what was commonly followed. So anyway, and the other th- part of this beginning is I think for me, when this church, when we were meeting out at uh, Rogers Park, it was very selfish thought. You know, I, I just wanted a place to go and worship. You know, we came out of a place where the last several months where we we're at church, it was bad. And I think in growing through that, we came to the point that, well, that's all in good, but church is not just for you. Um, There was a scripture that I ran across. (laughs) That's kind of funny. I ran across the other day not knowing I was going to be up here. It's funny how those coincidences happen. And as if if you can guess, you want to guess where I was at? Yeah, it was Hebrews. (laughs) Hebrews 6.10 says, um, God is not unjust, he will not forget your work, and the love you have shown him as you have helped the people and continue to help them. You know, we show God the love by helping other people. And sometimes I think I forget that. You know, we think we love God just by coming to worship and being faithful. Well, we're God's hands and feet. We're supposed to be God's hands and feet. And so it's been a privilege and kind of surprised to see so many people that have come to Blessed Hope. I mean, we didn't start out to start a church. It just kind of, it just happened but it's been a privilege to help a lot of hurting people. At one time, I think Jim took a look at our membership, the people who were coming, it was 80 to 90% had been hurt. So it's been helpful to, uh, it's been good to be able to help people. The other thing I think I should say is when we actually decided to start a church, We should not look that there were not other good churches in Venton. There were other Bible-believing churches in Fitton, but we just didn't fit. Uh, uh, Lots of reasons, but we just didn't fit, and God was calling us to start. I think my ten minutes are up. So... I give you the opportunity, if somebody wants to share how you have um, been privileged to help someone else through Blessed Hope, or have you been helped through people of Blessed Hope, don't be shy. We honor God by uh, giving him glory and telling him of what he has done and sharing it. So no pressure, just like there wasn't on me. Does anybody wanna share parts of things that they've had happen? Don't make me call on names.
8: My kids are probably like, what is she gonna say? I know, no, they are like, look at that. Um, if This is not how I help other people. This is how other people have helped me um, or our family. We moved here maybe six years ago. Not six years ago. We moved here when Jared was seven, so 13 years ago. We flitted around from church to church. We came here a little bit when it was in the building here. My mom and dad recommended that we come to church when, with at Blessed Hope when it was at the cottage. When we, we moved from Omaha and our church was 2,000 people. So um, we were active there. I was, I was at church three times a week. And going to a church that was in a cottage was really intimidating to me. I don't know why. So um, we've been here about four years. What I missed about our church in Omaha, I found here. Um, I was a part of a women's group, and some of us are still really, really good friends, where we would all pray for each other at the end of church or at the end of our meetings, and then we'd pray for each other during the week. And although I have Christian friends, you miss that fellowship. And... um, What I've gained from being here in small group and being on the praise team because we've prayed for each other at praise team and last year they prayed for me a lot because we had an issue with our oldest and I've said that a few times he has struggled. Um, He's been actually a year ago he was in crisis mode in March. I was on Facebook messaging people here, people in Western Iowa because he was getting off a bus in Council Bluffs, and I had friends in Council Bluffs who could go to his baseball game. So they were running over to watch his baseball game, my friends here were praying. We prayed for him. Our prayer group prayed for him all summer. I still Facebook message people. I still stop at Haley's desk at work and say, can you say a prayer for Jared? I'm leaving right now. It's not as bad as it was a year ago, but... um, I know, and I said this to Haley, I think just last week, I know people are at this church are still praying for him because he is, he is not perfect. None of us are perfect, but he is so much better than he was a year ago. He couldn't have gotten much worse, but I mean, he was, he was struggling, and he still struggles, but when we were together, even just this Thursday, he said to me, Mom, I started praying again, and I'm like, great, now you need to go to church, because we can't do it alone. You need to find a group of people that will teach you and that you will pray with you and that can pray for you and that you can pray for them and you need that. Now, I don't know if um, Jared's gonna do that, we can keep praying that he will, but um, I know that one reason Jared is different and I know one reason I am different is because of my friends here that I can turn to at Wednesday night at practice when the phone's ringing and I'm going to have to leave because he's driving me crazy and they know it and they've been very patient with me. Or it's a Facebook message that I'm like, I need prayer right now. They're praying for me right now. And then they're praying for me even when I'm not asking. And so, and that's my blessed hope people. So I am very, 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 very thankful for all of you and you know who you are. So Thanks.
7: Why are you sorry? You just honored God. <laughs> Somebody else want to share something? Stay there or come up? I'll come
9: Most of you guys um know um our story from faith in action two years ago. Um but uh I got the privilege of working on a team at an elderly lady's house, just cleaning and painting. I think, Carrie, you were on our team, weren't you? Um, Jan... Jan was her name. And um, through that and um, getting to know Jan and her background, and she actually was a foster parent. My husband and I were foster parents for 10 years. Um, Through that and knowing that she was going to be having a second surgery coming up that summer, and I told her I was going to check back in with her after my Haiti trip, and um, we went and visited her at the hospital. And her knowing that we were foster parents and... Um, some of her health kind of um, got worse. Um, they um, contacted us and asked us. She, has a, um, she had a, a disabled daughter with Down syndrome, uh, 46 years old. They contacted Shane and I for emergency respite because they had went through all of their respite days at Camp Courageous. And... Um, Make a long story short, we thought we were just going to have Miss Ann in our home for a very short period of time until they figured out a group home or something while her mom recuperated in the hospital. Um, Well, everything kind of went um, in a different direction than what we thought. Her mom ended up passing away. Um, Ann ended up being more of a permanent (laughs) residence in our home. Um, She's still in our home today. Um, It'll be two years this summer. Um, and so through that and through our church with Faith in Action Ian has um, changed a lot of our families just outlook on life Um, she's been a joy she's um, just um, changed everything and I think everybody around her she's a joy to have so if it wasn't through um, a Faith in Action project um, as simple as some of you may think it is um, it can actually be life changing to you so thank you
7: Thanks, Stacy. Oh, don't be shy. Honor God. Come on. Don't make me count to 30.
10: Um, I should never get up here because then I start crying. <laughs> um, almost seven years ago, um, I was pregnant with my third baby, and... And on a Sunday morning, um, I texted my mom at church to tell her I was losing the baby. And and I texted her because I wanted everybody here praying. Um, I knew that that everybody at church knew me, and I knew that they would pray. And I knew they would cover me on um, what was going to be a very hard day. And um, since then, this church family has been one that I can bring anything coming that's happening in our family. Um, a few weeks ago, <laughs> I was sitting next to Brenda in small group, and I started crying again. And um, my whole small group just covered covered our family in prayer. And I so appreciate being part of a church that is willing to listen to everything that's going on and pray for you. But it's And not just praying for you. They check in during the week and make sure everything's going fine. Um, your small group might send you flowers, um, and you might get them on a day that's really, really hard that they couldn't know was going to be hard. And... I'm just so blessed to be a part of this church. Um, And then I was talking to a friend this week who goes to a different church, and we were talking about how a lot of churches really do not do well at teaching their members how to follow Jesus. Like, your church may be really, really pushing for you to be saved, but once you're saved, what then? Um, In the church I remember growing up in, um, you would hear about hell every week. They wanted people to be saved, but I don't remember discipleship and Blessed Hope is doing such a wonderful job at not only bringing people to know Jesus, but helping them to get to know him, to make him a part of their life, and I'm just really, really thankful for you guys here, really thankful for our leadership, who keeps um, putting things in place to encourage us in our walk, and um, I know they're putting a lot of time into leading us, and I'm just thankful for that, Um, and I'm just thankful for all of you here who just come around us no matter what's going on. Um, I'm sorry for crying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, but thank you for listening, and thank you for just continuing to come to church, and thank you, Mike, for spending so many years um, with youth group, and just teaching us, continuing to teach us, teaching us as youth leaders um, to, do, to, do, to do better, to do more, um, and we're just thankful so much for you guys.
7: Thanks, Bethany. Do we get to wake up Cam while we're here?
9: Um, we well, might be pretty short, but I should go back to sleep. I wouldn't be in Blessed Hope, nor would I be in Iowa if it wasn't for a plate of cookies that Blessed Hope sent over to AmeriCorps, um, inviting them to church. And uh, the first person that I met here would become my future father-in-law. So that's pretty neat. Um, And then I just ditto everything that everyone else has said. um, I just feel privileged to be a part of a church that's just willing to kind of drop everything and help and pray, Um, a church that continues to challenge me in my faith, Um, not just just a feel-good church, um, but a church that just genuinely cares about my soul, my future, um, and those in this community.
11: Um, So we moved here about two and a half years ago, and we decided to move to Benton because I wanted family time. And my husband's not here with me today because he's working. And if you guys know my husband, he's in EMS. So our, our lives are all over the place. So, and he might, if you guys tell him this, I'm okay. I was very, very angry with him when we moved here. I hated Venton. You guys took away my friends. You took away my family. I was angry. So we, I was like, well, we need to find a church. The first Sunday I came here was Family Sunday. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Overwhelming, and they're like, Okay, let's pray for each other. And like, we're let's break up into small groups. And I'm like, What are they doing? And I remember that Sunday, somebody praying over me saying, You know, God's with you. You know, we're praying over your family. We invite you to come back next week. Please come back next week. Please sit with us next week. Just this week, we're going to be with you. I was like, Okay. (laughs) So, Throughout the week, I was starting to get peace. And all of a sudden, I was telling my husband, you know, I was the scout of our family to find a church. So we, you know, I came back, came back again, came back again, came back again. And I'm like, Greg, you really need to come with me. So he started coming. And he goes, I've never sat through a church service where I didn't look at my watch. It's amazing, you know. Most church services, he's like looking at his watch, how much longer is this going to be? He started getting up on Sundays, wanting to come to church, wanting to do this as a family. And I can't thank this church family enough for bringing us closer together. I would not change this move to Benton for anything. It has brought our marriage closer, it's brought our family closer, and my faith has deepened because I've asked perfectly good strangers that are now really good friends to pray for us and pray for my marriage, pray for my husband. And I have totally seen God working in him. He's like, if anything ever happens to us, Brenda, I know we're taken care of. This family will take care of us. Not our immediate family, but our family will take care of us. So I just gotta thank this blessed hope for everything it has done and brought us closer to God and brought us closer together.
7: Thank you. Others?
12: I just thank God for the way he answers prayer. And there's a whole bunch of kids downstairs and a whole bunch of generous giving parents that are watching these children and teaching them the basic things about Jesus and getting to know Jesus and backing up what all the Christian present parents have been trying to teach them for years. But when somebody else reinforces it, it really is powerful. We started out with about three children that were very faithful and coming every Sunday. And one Sunday after after this building was built, we had special music and the only ones that showed up were those same three siblings in the Johnson family. And they sounded wonderful. Their voices blended really well. But we said, we have to pray for more children. And now we're running over with children. And it's wonderful. And only God could do that. And then I've seen some grandparents come in that I never knew that had come here before. And we welcomed them, and they said, My grandchildren invited us to come. That's why we're here. And most of them are still coming. So the little child shall lead them. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for all the. The founding people that donated lots of things and money to help buy supplies, people that do things without being asked, and just picking up whatever needs to be done, and uh, I'm thankful for all the faithful people that God empowered to be faithful, and especially all the elders and pastors that we've had. We've been very blessed. And uh As I get older, I can see all these children growing up, and I wish I could see more of them, but it's the way it is. We're thankful that we have such good turnouts that we wouldn't even have enough room for all the children to be up here at the same time as we are without sitting some on our laps. So that's really a growing blessing, and we pray that the future will be like that, that we will be running over with People that want to know the Lord more and, and to just be a blessing to each other. We thank God for all the support that we have had, Bob and I. Thanks,
7: Melissa. Anybody else? I'll finish my segment in prayer then. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to to be healed, to be used, to be your hands and feet to a hurting world. Lord, help us all to be diligent in doing that because a few cannot. My prayer is that we don't let people slip through that are hurting and need help when we can help them. Lord, move us, move our hearts, inspire us to act so that people can have the peace that is only a commitment to you away. Lord, this world is hurting and broken, but you are the answer. Help us to be the representatives of you that we're supposed to be and we get to be. In your holy name I pray, amen.
0: Well, I get the funnest part. And we all know they give the funnest part to the best-looking elder, so just get that, get that out there. I'm a little biased in the funnest part, but the reason I say that is because I kind of get to bring everything that we've talked about this morning with our past and kind of mesh it with everything moving forward. Um, it's been fun to, to hear both, you know, the elders talk and then um, especially you guys share uh, the way that, that the church has been involved in your life and in your walk with, with Christ. Um, and as I think back, um, it's interesting, you know, if we were to set up a timeline, I, I think Kevin mentioned this, you know, at the very beginning, there's a group of people that just wanted to honor God and just wanted to to praise God for who he was. And it got to a point where they said, you know, maybe this is actually turning into something. Maybe we, you know, we need to move forward. God's calling us to, to start a church. But like he mentioned, I would guess that None of those people in that moment were thinking that in 14 years we would be sitting here in a million dollar building paid for. You know, that we would be talking about merging with another church to continue advancing God's kingdom. I'm not sure that they probably really had a lot of foresight. Not that they didn't think these things were possible. They just weren't really on their, on their radar that a sanctuary that holds 250 people wouldn't be big enough. And we'd be talking about, well, do we need to, maybe we need to look at additional services. Um, you know, uh, Phyllis mentioned the kids downstairs. The idea that, I was talking to Vince, uh, the idea that through Sunday mornings and midweek, um, and all the different programming that we have. And we're talking over 100 kids that this church is impacting their lives. And that's, that's exciting stuff. Um, and so as we pause here this morning to just celebrate what God has done over the last 14 years, that's good. And like Mike said, that's God-honoring to share with each other the blessings that, that God has given us and where he's done work in our life Part of that though that I challenge you is as we sit and we share and we talk that as we leave church this morning, that we go home and we have lunch and we reminisce about this morning and we celebrate, but I use the word we paused this morning because that's exactly what we're doing. Looking back at how God's blessed us is important and that's fun. And I think what that does is it allows us to push the play button starting this afternoon. We're not done as a church. We've got so many more things to do to continue striving to push ahead and um, just run after God. That's one of the one of the values of um, the the community church that we'll get into, as Matt um, does the series over the next several weeks, but is the idea that we're on a rescue mission and that we're chasing Jesus. We're running after Jesus. Um, And that's one of the things that we're excited about. And honestly, it's my hope that in 14 years from now, on this end of the timeline, I'll be sitting down there, somebody else will be standing up here talking about it. But they'll look back and they'll say, you know, 14 years ago Blake stood up here and the other elders and we heard testimonies from the congregation about what God had done over the Previous 14 years, they stood up here and talked about exciting things that they saw ahead. But we don't we don't know it all. And to me, that's exciting. To me, um, it's exciting that we've got leadership and a congregation that are just pouring their hearts into Jesus. Um, one of the verses, uh, or the verse I wanted to bring up. Um, You guys know this. It's plastered all over the place. It's on a coffee cup that I claim is mine. I think it was actually Megan's. I think she brought it. But Jeremiah 29, 11. And it's just, um, it says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And how awesome that is to just rely on that, that while we stand here this morning and we reminisce about what he's done, how exciting it is to think about what he's going to do over the next 14 years. With that, um, I'll also open the mic up if there's anything that anybody wants to share about excitements they've seen over the 14 years or, or excitements that they have for the next 14 years. And if nobody does, then I'll have Mike come up and guilt you into talking because that seemed to work well. Well, let's pray and then we'll, um, we'll have Matt come up and we'll, we'll take communion together. God, I just thank you this morning for the opportunity that we have to come and worship you and specifically this morning to just take that moment of pause, to reflect on where you've brought blessed hope and God, we acknowledge that none of this would have been possible if it wasn't for you. None of this would have been possible if we didn't have leadership fourteen years ago that were listening and looking for you. And God, with that, we also um, just thank you for the blessing of of the members. Um, the individuals that make up the church, you call us to be the hands and feet of your love and your grace. And God, I am convinced 100% that the reason that we are here today is because we have a church and a body that take that to heart and they take that seriously. And so God, as we move forward, we just ask you to to give us the strength and courage to press on, give us the clarity to, um, to just seek you, and move in the directions that that you would have us go. We ask all this in your name, Amen. Before you go, though, there was one other thing that I wanted to do that I forgot, and I wrote it down. And I can't take credit for this because it was actually Mike's idea, but this is kind of kind of neat to see. Um, I'd be interested if you were at Rogers Park, the very first Sunday, to stand up. And then we're gonna have you stay standing. So that's where we started, and, and I know there's some that aren't here um, this morning too. But now, stay, you gotta stay standing. You gotta stay standing, because now we're gonna go a step farther. Whoever met at Tilford, that was kind of the next step. If you were a part of, of meeting at Tilford, if you guys would stand up. And from there, as it was mentioned, we moved from Rogers Park to Tilford to the cottage. If you joined, and not joined the church, but if you, if you started coming at the cottage, And from there we are here in this building that God has provided. And so that would be everybody's cue because you're all here. <laughs> and just the idea that how awesome that is, that over 14 years we've gone from those few that were standing to an entire congregation that is is up this morning. And I just encourage each and every one of you to... To just take heart in that, that God has blessed us, he will continue to bless us, um, and, and future moving forward, if we can just stay unified and keep our eyes on Jesus, there's awesome things that, that's
1: coming ahead, so you can be seated. I don't know what they're listening to downstairs, but it's either under pressure or Ice Ice Baby, I'm not sure. Listen, um, I know, listen, we go long all the time. But we don't go this long. So I appreciate your, uh, um, I, I appreciate your, your patience and, and your grace with that. And you know what? I love hearing testimonies for how God has done things and is doing things. And I, I know there are many more testimonies to be shared um, that weren't. And that's okay, too. Uh, because you, you know. And, and here's what I would encourage you to do, um, though. There's something profound about sharing testimony. And so you don't have to do it in front of the congregation, but talk to somebody about the way that God has worked in your life um, and and, and give thanks to him for what he's done. And, And if that has to do with the church, that's awesome. If it doesn't, it's just a way that God has moved. That's great, too. But every time we give testimony, it's like in the Old Testament, what would happen when they would put a marker down right? And, and God would say, you know what? Grab that rock from the middle of the river and set it up here. And, and then when, when, when future generations ask you, what is that thing doing there? You can tell them the story about how awesome and faithful the God of the universe is and what he's done in and through you and for you. And, and so these moments are, are marker moments for us. Um, and so I appreciate so much that you're willing to do that with us. And I have a couple things I want to share with you um, as, as we get ready to take communion together and we'll close our service. Um, part of why we celebrate simply is this, right? It's because um, God has, to this point, accomplished his will in and through the church. God's will for the church is not done, and, and, and the church has not been perfect, in following Jesus. And the church won't be perfect in the future. We will, we will stumble, we'll make mistakes, um, but we will always be looking and striving to follow where Jesus leads. When we do that, there's no doubt in my mind, right, that God will bless and honor the church because the church will be all about giving him honor, glory, and doing the work that he's put us here to do. This is actually, for those of you that don't know, this is the five-year anniversary today, five-year anniversary from my first um, sermon as your pastor. Last week was the five-year anniversary of my installation, so I thought it was kind of ironic that we voted to affirm the merger on my five-year anniversary. I don't know why that was. It just was. I just noticed the date. Um, I've been here five years, and I, sometimes that feels like that's a long time ago. And sometimes it feels like it was just the other day. But, but we've been here five years in Vinton, and um, I'm going to tell you this. Coming to this church was a simple decision for us. We had other churches that we talked about going to, that we flirted with going to, that were much more complicated decisions, and, and ultimately God just had different answers for us. But when it came to this one, it was simple, and and there were two reasons. One is because God just clearly was saying yes and and, and moving things out of the way, and and the other was simply because um, this church in its DNA, at its core, has always been about the gospel of Jesus Christ. The reason this church exists is because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The elders that stood up here were very gracious to talk about a church split. That was them being gracious. The reality is in their hearts, the gospel had to win. And so this church at its core has always been about the gospel. This is the thing I heard over and over again. Uh, when Carrie and I interviewed, uh, when we sat down, uh, the search team came out to the quad cities and, and, and listened to probably a 55 minute sermon that I gave. Listen, they knew they knew, right? It's on them. Um, but uh, then we went out, and we had lunch, and we sat down, and I'm sure it was pleasant. I, I remember a lot of it. Mostly, if you've ever seen Mark Johnson try to eat a gyro, that occupies a lot of your brain power as you see that happening, because it's graphic. <laughs> Invite him out to lunch, order for him, it'll be great. It'll be great fun for everybody. But, but here's the thing. We sat there, but I, we, I remember hearing it over and over, and we came out here, it's like we... We started Blessed Hope Church because we wanted to offer a different kind of church than what was available in Vinton. You heard Michael allude to it. There were other churches that preached the gospel of Jesus Christ that believed that the Bible was God's inerrant word and that it should be followed. There were other churches that believed that. But the goal was to be a different kind of church because there were people that weren't being reached. And yet, at first it was nice for them to have a place, but now in, in the core of it was this idea that it's not just for us. We've got a mission to do. And Blessed Hope was started to be a church that was a different kind of church than what was available in Vinton. And you know what? That resonated with Carrie and I, that the gospel was at the core. Because here's what God says in scripture. Isaiah 43, 19 says this. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And there is something in the core of this church that gets that. Don't you see it? God is doing a new thing. doesn't mean that old things are bad. But God says, I am doing a new thing. Can't you see it? Can't you feel it? He keeps going in Isaiah and he says, Build up, build up, prepare the road. Remove the obstacles out of the way of my people. It is the core of this church's history. It is the core of Blessed Hope Community Church that exists now that the merger is complete, and it is the core of everything that we are, have, and will be about. To participate with God in the new thing that he's doing. Can't you see it? Don't you perceive it? God is doing a new thing. What's the new thing about? It's about building up the road and removing the obstacles so that Everybody can get to the cross of Jesus Christ. Everything that we do is about the gospel of Jesus Christ and the need for people to know him. We've said this many times. Hell is real. People that we love and cherish are destined to be there without the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is our job it is our job to be a church that builds up the road, that removes the obstacles, that takes away any stumbling block, that allows people to, to see that God wants to do a new thing. It's the mission of the church. Listen, that's what Blessed Hope was created to be. Different kind of church. It's what Blessed Hope Community Church is going to be. A new thing. Away in the wilderness. A way to remove the obstacles out of the way of people needing to come to God. That's why we celebrate. That's the, the core, the heart of the testimonies that we hear. It is the reason that your elders spend hours and hours and hours in prayer and study and fasting Um, as they lead the church. It's the reason that we stand up every Sunday morning and sing praises to our King and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, because that's why we exist.